0: Hedgeweek coming in hot with the quick news before the episode starts here fast. We got shirts. We got shirts. We got blazers. We don't actually have blazers. We got jumpers. I think we do. We don't, we don't have jumpers. All sorts of assaultants we and got items shirts. of clothing that you can now wear. There are things that exist. There's shirts that say Explosion Network. There's shirts that say Arcade Caps. There's shirts that say things. Many podcasts. There's Platinum Explosion ones, hopefully.
1: <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs>
0: if you're lucky all those things exist the main point is that you should head on over to explosionnetwork.com slash shop you should head on over to explosionnetwork.com slash store either way you're going to get to our new fancy store it's got all the things up it's got shirts you can buy and ways you can support us put us on your body put my face put my logo on your body wear me wear me and we'd like to make sure everyone knows that the Explosion Network logo is not just his and his logo alone, his face is not his and his alone, the Explosion Network logo is a logo for the people, we are the Explosion Network. This message was paid for and supported by the Explosion Network of the Explosion Network Government of Politics 2019. Welcome to Arcade Couch, the best place to chill with your friends and get your gaming goodness every Saturday at 6am. My name's Dylan Blight, joining me on the couch today, Ashley Hobley. Hey
2: Dylan, excited to be here to talk about stuff. Video games.
0: Okay, you've got a shit intro this week, for fuck's sake. And yeah. also, Captain Q's herself, Shree Shriner. Hello!
1: I'm back.
0: Yeah. Yay. Well, you, your intro is more acceptable because you have a Jeez. time off but, uh, what, what a
1: welcome committee. Yeah, Fucking
2: terrible. Let's be honest. It's a little bit of a letdown a little bit after predictions last week was a lot of fun. So... <laughs> now,
0: we're, we're in that awkward in-between
2: period where it's not E3 yet.
0: Well, I said this would happen last week, though. It was like... Exactly, you, you called it. You record your E3 predictions last week. So then you, you literally approach the next week. You're like, predictions, E3, fuck yeah. And then you you got to record one more episode of it's not E3 yet. But it's close. In fact, it's so close that this episode will literally release the day before EA fucking play happens. So yeah, it's just an awkward time. Listen, if you're listening to this episode, good on you because what a shit time to have a podcast release on a Saturday before the Sunday of which EA play, and then that's basically e- 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 EA started. Then you know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyway, welcome to Arcade Couch. <laughs> <laughs> We've got stuff to talk about this week. We do have stuff to talk about, so stick with us. You've come this far. Uh, this week, we're going to have all our thoughts on the kiddies from the Pokemon Direct. That was super exciting. I loved everything I saw, I think. Maybe. Don't know. I'm uh, going to have my thoughts on Void Bastards and Outer Wilds, two Xbox Game Pass games that dropped. And we're going to have a bunch of pre-Eve 3 news stories to cover. Uh... Who'd have thought? And also got our thoughts on Call of Duty Modern Warfare for real. After last week we was like, it's a thing, it's a happening. It has a, the trailer is with release. Anyway, the trailer drops now. We can actually talk about it. And let's get into that first, because I don't really have that much to say about it myself, to be honest. Um they released a the trailer. It's it's like minute fifty, or what is it? I've got it here somewhere. Minute yeah, it's minute fifty. Uh, it's all—it's like oh, it's all actual gameplay footage, and they show a bunch of soldiers, and you know they, they show them in the rainforest, they show them in like a, a town of somewhere, someplace, like more actual modern warfare typey stuff, I guess, compared to going to space, whatever else Call of Duty games have been doing lately. Um, I have not played a campaign Call of Duty since uh, Black Ops Three. That was the last Call of Duty campaign I ever played. So, And I wouldn't say I'm obviously... I'm not the biggest Call of Duty fan. quite enjoyed the the last one, obviously, because I played a heap of Blackout. But other than that, I wouldn't say I'm a, a big Call of Duty fan. I am keen for what the potential is here. But everything I see in the trailer, which is basically cutscene stuff, it doesn't show me gameplay, it doesn't really tell me much about the story, uh, the potential of the story and all, all these other things. They're saying it's going to be the most intense uh Call of Duty in some time they're saying they're dialing it back and being like the reason they're rebooting it because everyone was of course upset about this and not upset there was a lot of people making jokes on Twitter about the name because of course there was Modern Warfare which was released in like 2009 8 fuck I don't know early 2000s Modern Warfare releases two years ago year and a half ago, two years ago, whatever it was, they, re-rele- they re-released Modern Warfare as Call of Duty Modern Warfare Modern Warfare Remastered, and now they're releasing Call of Duty Modern Warfare again, but it's a reboot of the franchise, and a lot of people were saying, why are they rebooting it? They justified it. They said, we're rebooting it because uh, what w- what they considered Modern Warfare 10 years ago wasn't what Modern 12 Warfare years ago. would be considered yeah. today. Yeah, now it's really ago. Modern <laughs> yeah, that's the box <laughs> quote for you. <laughs> that should be the name of the game: Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Now it's really modern. <laughs> um, but they're, they're saying, I think from the trailer you get the gist that it's more like actual, uh, ps- more really you modern. Know, but you see people jumping on, you see people jumping on cars and whatever. I, I, I don't know, like it's like less real life now. Epic with fucking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think there's potential to tell more interesting uh, civil unrest in certain places and countries and what have you, uh, or even just interesting stories within America, I guess, that you could potentially tell if you want to take like modern warfare and go that direction. Mm. Um, but yeah, n- nothing about the trailer sold me particularly on that. Ash, did you have? Uh, what do you think about the name, the trailer?
2: I mean, it's fine, Duty. I guess. There was nothing, in, obviously, about the trailer that particularly stood out. Um, the name is just a bit confusing for reasons because, obviously, there is a Modern Warfare that came out recently. But I guess, technically, that was Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. So if this is just Call of Duty Modern Warfare.
0: Yeah.
2: It makes same. sense. It's not totally exactly the same name.
0: 1954, <laughs> Battlefield 4, Battlefield 5 battlefield one it makes sense with numbers let's do I mean, numbers went out the door <laughs> when they things.
2: called it xbox one so um yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean the explanation i've heard of why they're sort of rebooting it makes sense because they sort of went crazy with the storylines in some of the other games and blowed up certain cities and landmarks and uh they sort of want a fresh slate, i guess, to start off again with so it yeah. makes sense i'm oh. sure it'll be good um Apparently, there's going to be multiplayer. What that means for Blackout and Black Ops 4 is interesting, I guess. Um, Yeah, Hmm. so I guess we'll find out maybe over E3. No,
0: it's... I assume we'll get something. Something. You'd assume so. Probably. Shreya, did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah,
1: I mean, as we've discussed previously on Arcade Couch, I am a huge Call of Duty fan. You know, play it every night. (laughs) Um look, all Call I of Duty really... definitely
2: falls under the category of cuties. So
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I play other games, excuse me. They don't all have to be cute. Um <laughs> yeah, <like> Captain Toad. <laughs> and Call of Duty. Come on. <laughs> I call of <it> Duty. <laughs> uh look. What I know about it, what I wanna say about it is it's really modern now. So uh that's basically my take on it. Yep. <laughs> star, no, I think like a sure. for the trailer I actually thought uh it looked good, you know, it'll be interesting to see what is actually going to pull it apart from the other games and yeah. Let's see how modern it is.
0: Let's see how modern <laughs> it is. Everyone. Set in 2018. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um the thing that interests me the most and I wrote up a story on ExplosionNetwork.com about it, an article titled, what the fuck did I title it? Crossplay Kicks Off Next Generation with Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, And I wrote about how I think it's, because one thing they announced for this game is it's going to launch with uh, crossplay. Right, so proper, now, uh, so far there's only a couple of games that do proper full-on crossplay, which is Dauntless, Fortnite, and Rocket League are games that do full crossplay so far. Uh, this game is going to launch with full crossplay, which I think is a huge deal and will set the precedent for all multiplayer titles going into the next generation. As as uh, Dauntless like, Col- already came out
2: with full crossplay.
0: Yeah, we know, but I- I'm saying that Call of Duty, the biggest first-person multiplayer franchise of all time, question, you know, up for debate, whatever. Anyway, Call of Duty is huge. <laughs> is going to launch with crossplay across everything. I think that's a pretty big deal. And I think that's a big deal for a, a franchise like that to uh, come out with it now. They've said there's going to be no zombies in it, which I find interesting because that has been like the money-making mode somewhat. Um, they haven't said anything about Blackout. I hope I hope they kind of spin Blackout into its own thing at this stage because I think releasing a new blackout mode that you have to pay for every year at a full price thing is not something that people are going to be down for, for people who just want to play that. Um, So hopefully this is just like modern, it's just going to be like the old ones. It'll just be like a really good, hopeful single player campaign and a bunch of uh, OG multiplayer modes, probably is what I would expect. So your deathmatch, team deathmatch, whatever the... Whatever you kids play these days, capture the flags, capture the frags, g- gun games—I don't know what do whatever you call these old, yeah. these things. You, sh- you shoot people, you do the things. Uh, we'll get more information though. Well, I need gameplay. I need more information about modes, multiplayer mm-hmm. modes, and stuff like that. But the teaser trailer, I was like, okay, cool. The the crossplay stuff—that's really cool. That's really intriguing. That's really interesting. Teaser trailer wasn't doing much for me at all. N- uh, with regards c- to like
2: either, yeah. I think either that it's going to go free to play, um, and like then people don't have to worry about. Uh, that mode dying off, I guess, or mm. potentially it could be included in Modern Warfare in some way and you can play it cross-game, I guess, would be the correct term. That could be a thing.
0: Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Te- there's, there's technical limitations. I don't know, technical things there that I'm like, does that work? But, yeah, maybe. Don't know. Sure.
1: Yeah, if- we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> stay tuned
0: okay. uh, stay tuned next story I have Gamescom is coming to uh, our direction <gasps> yeah, coming down so Ga- Gamescom will be having an extra show in 2020 with the launch of gamescom asia which will be held in singapore uh, the website writes about it as gamescom asia will be the premier platform for asia game developers to explore partnerships globally and a hub for international publishers who are looking for the next big thing in games the event, the event will feature a two-day industry gaming conference and a 3 day trade and public exhibition including esports events a showcase of emerging technology and video games gaming workshops meet and greet sessions cosplay the- theatrics and much more uh, so, if you don't know, Gamescom is a, at the moment, one once a year thing that's held in Cologne, Germany, and has been for, as far as I know, forever. Uh, and it's basically, I feel like in most people's minds, considered like the European E3. Yep. I guess I, I don't know if that's 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 kind of what I refer to it as for sure. It's like Gamescom's the other E3, but it's not as big. Although for the last well, couple of years, it's getting Jeff Keighley this year, Gamescom's... so it's
2: definitely heading towards being yeah. more like E3.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. That's the thing. This year, Jeff Keighley is uh, putting on a full... We talked about that on this show or somewhere. Um, Jeff Keighley is putting on a, a full thing at the Cologne one this year. So that's going to have more press conference value because the last couple of years, stuff will always get announced there. And Sony usually has a heavy pro- uh, presence there because uh, it's a region which they do well in. And Sony usually announces a bunch of stuff there and what have you. Uh, Numbers-wise, I think Gamescom in Germany has been putting up... More interest and more public interest than like even E three. I think I I don't know if that's I wouldn't I'm not hundred percent confirmed on it, but I feel like the numbers are definitely up there. So uh, it's been getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and they're expanding down this direction, and it's exciting. What do you what do you reckon? It
2: yeah, it's interesting that obviously Singapore is closer than anything else. Uh, Even Tokyo Game Show is Singapore would be closer than that. So uh, another big event nearby. Um, obviously the only issue is. If it's set in October, that's pretty close to PAX time, uh, which is the other big Australian thing. But that could work in its favor. Obviously, companies, developers or whatever could go to Gamescom and then obviously it's not that too much further of a trip to go to Australia. So uh, they could just stay, put the extra week or so in the budget, the marketing budget, and uh, some of those big games could come over here as well. Sure.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, actually, Ash, that I hadn't really thought about, but... um. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a positive step to be bringing things over this way, and yeah, like I, it would really suck because they've moved the pack state now that it, yeah, if it did overlap, because that'd be really interesting to see what it actually would then do for PAX numbers, especially because that's the only, you know, that's our main gaming convention, so, yeah. That I I find that side of it would be more interesting, but I think like the rest of it is complete positive. I think there'll be a lot of people that'll travel over for it. It's quicker to quicker, not quicker. It's cheaper in a lot of cases to get cheap like cheap flights to Singapore than it is just to travel within Australia. So, I think it's a positive. People are gonna love it.
0: Yes. Uh, to the point where I, w- I already looked up the price of flights. <laughs> what they would be when it was announced of day, not for the exact date, but just like in general, because they get the, the in general,' I was like how much is the price? And I was like, oh,, it's like six, six hundred, seven hundred dollars return, like estimates i was seeing around. I'm like, you know this it, it's a thing. And I definitely feel like there's going to be a lot if I'm doing that going, mm, you know, like and ahhing, I and, I reckon there'll be a lot more people I and Ring about it as well, because, as I was just saying, it's considered Gamescom's considered the European e three. Right, I'm not. I'm not going to fucking unless someone pays a million dollars for me and uh, teaches me how to not get shot in America. I'm probably never going to go to America unless it's for Star Wars celebration. I feel like that's my one, the one thing I'd, I'd break Inception for. But uh, Gamescom down here, yes, that is highly intriguing, and um, I have great interest in uh, potentially looking into. You know. Maybe it's it's obviously a while away. You don't know what's happening, but the Pax thing is the biggest. Like, who who budges there, and I feel like they have to budge because yeah. The, the other thing I point out in a, the news article I wrote up for it for the site is that it's not only Pax, it's also Pax takes place during the Melbourne International Games Week, so that's an entire week where there's a lot of stuff going on that we don't usually cover um but don't know much about because it's all to do with the developer side uh, development side yeah. of games and they hold a whole heap of conferences from uh, and talks for developers from Monday to Friday from Australian Debs, New Zealand Debs, you know international it's in the fucking yeah. in to- it's in the title isn't it so they <laughs> they're holding a whole bench, a bunch <laughs> of stuff and those people are usually really busy because Um, most of them, uh, developers and stuff will attend Melbourne Games Week and then come Friday, they're off to set up for PAX and then they have to deal with a a whole bunch of people like us annoying them. So it's a huge week for the the games industry in Australia, obviously. And I, I would find it hard to believe that a lot of these people wouldn't be like, oh, you know. That's Singapore. That is pretty close. Like, I would like to take my game over there to show off, show it off there to the Asian market because, of course, that is good for them. Yeah. And there will be a lot of people on the media side as well being like, I would like to go see other big games and also uh, games that I may not see talked about because obviously there will be local industry stuff you'd presume there from the indie side as well, which would be highly interesting and whatever else is going on. Yeah. So I, just, I, just, I do feel like it's up to PAX to kind of budge a little bit to... Or just make it work. <laughs> to allow it to, to work for everyone. And yeah, so we'll, we'll have to see what they do. Of course, we've got to get through this year's packs before they start thinking about dates for next year. But super interesting when we'll be coming into 2020 to see what happens. Uh, either way, it's cool though. Even if no one, none of us go, no one we know goes. you will still be interesting. No, I think someone we
2: know is
0: going. Uh, I know Matt from P2 is going. Yeah. Booked it the day it was announced. That's <laughs> what <which> I saw. <laughs> <laughs> Keem Bean. So it happens when we work at a tra- travel agency, apparently. Yeah. Lucky with some. Uh, Alright, so this past week we also got announced another Go game. I d- we don't really need to talk about this one that much. But honestly, I feel like at this stage, whenever a Go game gets announced, I feel obligated to at least acknowledge it on this podcast because I feel like if I don't I'm doing a disservice to these games
2: I'm sure there's a bunch of Go games that that you
0: haven't talked about Oh, there there probably is if I haven't seen them then they don't count so uh, Square Enix wrote this story uh, sorry Kotaku wrote this story Square Enix announces Dragon Walk its version of Pokemon Go Uh, Today, Square Enix announced Dragon Walk, an augmented reality game based on Dragon Quest that encourages players to get out and about. The Pokemon Go comparisons are inevitable. In Dragon Walk, you walk through an in-game field, which is filled with real-world Japanese landmarks like Tokyo Tower and Battle Monsters. There is also a customized Room function that allows players to decorate their in-game dwellings. Dragon Walk is going into beta in Japan now. No word about its official release or whether the game will be out internationally. Uh, I I don't I, no I don't think either of you played Dragon Quest right. Is that nope. Actually, no. Yeah. Okay. Dragon Quest is cool, right? It's got a bunch of characters that stand <laughs> out, especially the slimes. They're like the that's the, yeah. that's the thing with Dragon Quest. Everyone kind of knows the slimes and whatever. Maybe if you haven't played Dragon Quest, you still probably recognize the slimes. You've probably seen them out and about. This game will do really well in Japan. Yeah. Should they release this internationally? I don't know. Because I don't know, like I'm sure there's an audience, but to sustain it, to do well enough with all the other competition outside of Japan, I don't know. But in Japan, Dragon Quest is very big, and this didn't will do they quite have to like there, do
2: like public holidays after the game comes out because people just
0: don't shop to work or something? That sounds like a thing that happened. Uh that sounds like yeah. I remember when Dragon Quest uh Eight released on PS2. Back in the days before Twitch or anything like that, I found out that there was a dude streaming the game for like, and he'd been streaming it for like forty eight hours straight on a website. And I ended up watching him playing it for like several hours one day after school or something. And this dude had just been playing Dragon Quest Eight for like forty eight hours straight.
2: Dragon Quest Eight inventors
0: yeah. of streaming games. <laughs> yeah, and for oh, everyone who listens to this, be like, oh, Dylan must be like. 19 years old. Look, I'm talking about pre-Twitch here. I'm basically 38. Um, yeah, so from what we've seen about this, does anyone have any thoughts on, on this it one? looks
1: weird. It looks wild. <laughs> <It> looks wild?
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much of that trailer is accurate.
0: <laughs> I, I think it's highly... Uh, highly... Uh, Travel. Yeah, if you haven't seen the trailer, which you listening to this, honestly, you probably haven't. But there's literally a shot of like uh, a bunch of girls doing a selfie shot over like a waterfall or something like that, and this monster like bursts out from underneath it and scares them all. Yeah, I highly doubt that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, it <laughs> might. You don't know.
0: Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So you, it's another go game. Yeah. But yeah, I. I'll put my I'll put I'll put bet on. I reckon this would do really, really well in Japan. Oh absolutely. I, I, we know how Dragon
2: Quest is huge there, so that the makes franchises. sense. Anywhere else that makes money would just be a bonus. Although why it they'd have to question whether the way would want to put the money into exactly. localising or translating.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So I would actually say that I'd be I don't reckon this one will come over anytime soon. Mm. I don't reckon it will. We'll see. To be honest. But we'll see. It exists. Now you all know it exists. Uh, so we've got a Todd Howard interview, which has prompted a conversation about Bethesda's intentions when it came to Fallout 76, which I thought was interesting, especially because Ash loves that game, don't you, Ash? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, 76. the game I played. Best game of the year. Two hours, maybe? Three hours? Four hours? I don't know much. Uh, so- the uh, story comes from Push Square. Fallout 76 was never going to get rave reviews, but there's a boss prompting another backlash. Uh, so the interview itself came from IGN, but they've broken down the more interesting. Part about it. It says, however, the quote that landed Howard in some hot waters is this one, quote, even from the beginning, we thought that this is not going to be a high metacritic game. That's not what this is, given what it is. Many have taken this to mean that Bethesda never had high hopes for Fallout 76 in the first place, that it was fully aware of how shoddy the product was. Of course, it shipped the game anyway, and it was met with damning reviews and a huge fan backlash. The other take on this quote is that Howard's tried to spin things a little, it almost sounds like he's saying that the negative review scores aren't necessarily indig- indicative of Fallout 76's quality, but we think that's disingenuous at best. What do you reckon, Ash? Mm.
2: I guess from a certain House a fucking
0: liar. I, I, that's what I thought you'd say. I thought you'd say that. But.
2: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, does sound, it doesn't sound great when he says they pretty much put it out knowing there was a bunch of problems with it. Uh, you want to put out a game that's... Doesn't have any issues. That's the aim of uh, <laughs> bug testing, I guess. Um, but I guess from their ex- perspective, they've were they've known for having buggy games, I guess. So they thought they could get away with it a little bit, and also that a lot of the problems that they were going to encounter would only come up when people were actually playing the game. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the problems would only come up when people were playing the game. Fucking hell.
2: <laughs> I don't know I what else to say. And, yeah, it's not, a great,
0: not a great quote. <laughs> but you know. Stray, do you have any thoughts on this?
1: No, not really. I didn't play it. So I just going based like I my like really close friend, she loves Fallout. So I think like she still really enjoyed it, but basically from everyone else I just heard unhappy unhappy tears. Don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say, like whether it's just a, co- you know, a comment that's coming across out of context and not really what what they meant, or whether it's exactly what they mean and they're just stupid.
0: Well, I mean, the problem is, is th- just that for any game, it's like if you're going to come out and be like, yeah, we knew there was stuff wrong with it, but we just decided to sell it anyway.
1: Well, it's hard to know what like whether it's, that's in it's ref- like you compare it to a car reflection of it though. It.
0: Yeah, but if a car's person sold, if someone sold you a car and they were like, yeah, we knew this thing would probably fall off six months later or what, like had a problem, but yeah, you know, it's fine. But they, they, You'd be they like, do what that. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, only Danny DeVito and Matilda rewind for <laughs> kilometers. Deep cut. I don't know if that's deep cut, but Matilda's a great movie nonetheless. It so. is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think it's a very good quote. I don't think it. Paints the company or Todd, in particularly the best uh, light. And we know Bethesda kind of is known for certainly Todd Howard speaking out of his ass at some point. Uh, a lot. Not quite, he's definitely no um he's definitely no Randy Pitchford that's for sure. But he, Oof, you know, he speaks out God of his God ass a bit, I think. So <laughs> no well, one, not many no one's are. Randy. <laughs> no one's a Randy Pitchford. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's gonna be interesting come this E3 because obviously I feel like. Their last E3, like it's funny because you look at Bethesda of E3, it's like last year I, I think it was somewhat of a flop for them. Uh, especially when you look back at what they kind of spent all of their time talking about from last year and to how it was received. And it's like Fallout 76, that didn't go well. Uh, Rage 2 they spent a lot of time on, that didn't go too well either. That's coming up to very mixed, uh, mediocre Mostly mediocre reviews. So, and, and then you like look back at the their first big E3, the the first one they did. Everyone fucking loved that one and was like Bethesda's the best, you know, because they come out, they announce Fallout Forty Four, uh, Fallout Four, they release <laughs> it like whatever it was, Fallout Forty Four, whatever. They release it soon after, you know, that's the one everyone thinks about. When everyone thinks about Bethesda at E3, I feel like their mind's just clouded with that first E3 where they're like, yeah, they do nothing wrong, yeah, and, you know. So, definitely feel like they've. They've got to put on a, a decent show this year, um, especially when you, you've got comments like this coming out at the same time, like the week before E3. It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't so keep that in mind. Definitely they're definitely going
2: to be talking about Fallout 76. Show.
0: <laughs> sure. Oh, they're 100% going to talk about Fallout 76. <laughs> Who's Who got that in as a prediction? That would be me. You got that in? Okay, there you go. You want them to talk about fucking yep. Fallout 76 then. Uh, okay, so uh, nearly the last little bit of... E3 stuff here. We've got, is it Rocksteady Games? Now, who got this prediction, Ash? That Do, was also who put me. This one in? <laughs> that was also you, okay. So, Rocksteady Games is skipping E3. So, the story comes from Push Square. It says, it wouldn't be an E3 without Rocksteady Games confirming that I'll once again be skipping the show. The studio's co founders st- took to Twitter to break the disappointing news telling fans that the team is hard at work on a sex project back in London. So, Seth Hill on Twitter said, hi, all. And this tweet reads, I, I don't know... Ha- If it's exactly word for word, but from memory, it sounds like exactly the tweet he sent out 12 months ago when we was probably talking about that on Platinum or something like that. No, Uh, actually, this one's different
2: because I firmly remember them tweeting it after all the conferences have been
0: over. (laughs)
1: oh okay
0: it was after okay yeah I remember that tweet though and everyone was like yeah come on Stefan, what are you doing uh hi all a number of you have asked so we wanted to let you all know up front that Rocksteady Games won't be showing at E3 this year we'll be watching as fans but remaining in London hard at work on our next big project that's right they're gonna live cross
2: from London
0: The article continues and says, This is now the fourth fourth year in a row that Rocksteady has decided not to attend after releasing Batman Arkham Knight back in 2015. Rumors of its next title have been floating about for years now, speculating over what superhero it'll adopt for consoles next. Well, it looks like we'll need to wait a little longer before the reveal comes about. At this point, the developer's next project has to be targeting a release on PS5 and whatever else. Uh, yeah, Ash, You so you got the prediction in. How are you feeling? How you, you holding up there, champ? You, you good? You ready for those points? <laughs> yeah, you ready to lose some
1: points? What are you a, doing?
2: It's fine, I guess. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, I'd also like to point you think out the you they were think there lying, in 2016 though? for um, Batman VR. So.
0: Arkham VR? Yeah.
2: So, I mean, it's only been three years, you- so I guess give them a little bit of leeway.
0: Do you, do you think he's lying, though, or do you think it's... No, I think he's telling the truth, w- but I think that it?
2: that fact is wrong. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's disappointing. Obviously, we'd love to see them put something out again because, obviously, they were turning stuff out reasonably quickly. There was two years between Asylum and City and then four years between City and Night. But, yeah. Obviously, what the fuck do you think they're doing, then? I don't know. Hopefully, <laughs> we, all we can hope for is the WB... Montreal, or whatever uh, the other studio is, is doing something superhero. It's a Harry Potter game. Harry Potter game, or there's the Court of Hours game that everybody's talking about as well. So (laughs)
0: we'll see. That's a Dylan flips out on stream moment. That's for sure.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Twitch.tv slash Explosion Network on
0: (laughs) next week. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Monday, Tuesday. No, yeah, Monday. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Sheree, what are you, what what are you, what what are they doing over here?
1: Uh, It's probably not that much of a disappoint like of course there's people disappointed but I think it's probably not that much of a disappointment when they've already done it quite a few times. You just want to hope that whatever they're working on is actually gonna be worthwhile and you know, worth all the time and you know, wouldn't be surprised if they came out and was like, Yeah, and it's available now. Not not now would but would be great. You know, pretty pretty close to when they announce it. <laughs> uh i think that eventually if it's something really good people won't be disappointed they're happy to wait but it'd be nice if we could just see something just get a little little snippet little sneak peek that would have been nice but yeah i mean i've seen like a lot of rumors about it being superhero related but just don't see how that's gonna i don't know don't know what that would be you know
0: it's so weird with them, though, because I f- for most things, I'm like, don't show me or tell me anything until, like, it's going to come mm. out within, like, a year or a year and a half tops kind of thing. But for some reason, it's just been so long with them that I'm just like, just just honestly, even if it's, like, two years away th- or something like that, just just give us a little tease, just so we know what you're doing.
1: Mm. I on. guess, like, when, when you think about, um, how like, how much – how much stuff goes around between when when they've worked on a game for this long? I, I get I guess think about when people release you know even just a just a tiny bit and say oh it's coming in a year or whatever um, two years you know the amount of stuff that's said between whenever someone says an announcement of any sort to the game being released, like, oh, the date's pushed back for release. Oh, it's not like what they want to – oh, it could be this or it could be this. I guess there's more room for speculation. And if they want to make an impact, I guess they're going to by not saying yeah, anything. This is why
0: but I think if they released a teaser trailer that was just a CG teaser trailer, they never talked about release dates. They never talked about gameplay. They never talked anything. It's just a t- CG t- teaser trailer that showed, that confirms it's either a Batman thing or yeah, what, whatever yeah. it is then no one can really complain about any of these things. And then people can just theorize for the next year or so. And that's fine. I don't care if people have to theorize for ages, but and they'll never get caught in a, oh, but two years ago, you promised you would have this gameplay thing or this gameplay thing. Cause just don't talk about it. Just show a CG trailer and just be like, that's it. We're not answering any questions. Shut up. And then go away. And I feel like most people would be like, well, all right. Yeah. You know? People would be happy. Yeah. If it was a Superman game, if it was a Batman game, people would happily theorise for a year.
1: Yeah. Or so yeah. You know? well that's the thing, it has to be worth it, doesn't it? It'd be nice to have a sneak peek, but it has to be has to be worth all this time.
0: There's fucking British people, I tell you what. I deal deal with Kieran enough now. I gotta deal with this bloody rocksteady people. What am I what's going on up here? <laughs> I've got problems. Jeez. <laughs> Come on. Uh talking about talking about London. So, following a leak, like how I did that one, following a leak early in the week, Watchdogs Legion has now been confirmed to exist, uh, with the Watchdogs Twitter account updating its profile accordingly. So, this leaked via, oh, jeez, I forgot to, I think it was Amazon. It was something Amazon. Like that leaked it a bit early in the week. UK, I feel like. UK or something oh, like that. Yeah, they put up a listing for it, and then pretty much 24 hours, roughly, or maybe a bit over. Uh, the Watchdogs official Watchdogs Twitter account updated today, and they're now called Watchdogs Legion. They put up a little video of just the Watchdogs logo, and it says "God Save the NPCs." Reveal at E3 hashtag Watchdogs Legion hashtag UBE3. Uh, the Ubis the Amazon listing talked about the game basically being something along the lines of a game where you can apparently control any NPC in the city, or something along those lines, and it's set in like a post brexit london <laughs> to which everyone rightfully was like yeah good luck ubisoft being like crazy this game, concept. political like they did to <laughs> the division yeah. it was like our no, game isn't political at all it's dealing in a post-brexit world it's not political at all it's nothing like it's just a thing uh so good luck with that but yeah, i won't it's put a fantasy to, did i get the watchdogs thing you know i can't remember did i get that do you remember the, you said Watch Dogs 3
2: and this did is not Watch Dogs 3. I get, did I get the 3,
0: though? So. Yeah, but it counts. But my bigger question, <laughs> my, my bigger question was going to be it got leaked but it's not It's all I'm saying, Jaden, right? All I'm saying is it hasn't it's been a leak caused them to say yes. It hasn't been officially released, announced until E3 still. At, at, at least it's a half a point. At least is all I'm going to say. Anyway, Ash, what do, you, what do you reckon? What do we got here? All the leak information, the name? Yeah. Are you excited? You don't care? Do you want to play as NPCs? Do you want to touch all the NPCs? By the way, yeah, that, it doesn't really make seems sense to, be people, to say something that you control NPCs because NPC stands for non-playable characters, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they've leaned into it. You can control it. all the non-playable They're playable now. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they've leaned but nonetheless, into it. obviously. it's just uh, easy to say, I think. So for the sake of... <laughs>
2: Yeah, they've leaned in it obviously with the tweet saying "God save the NPCs." So, um, yeah, look, the concept sounds cool, but yeah. I guess we'll have to wait till the Ubisoft conference uh, to see it. But you definitely said it will get announced okay. at E3. So, mm. I don't know. Shut up. Will be have you
0: played any of the other ones?
2: Yeah, I play. I played all the way through May? Watch Dogs I really enjoyed that one. <laughs> so. Never play the yeah. first one, but yeah. yeah.
1: Doing all the hacking? Let's hack some shit. Some people. Um, yeah, I don't know. Looks... Just buy the logo because it's red. Looks a bit dark.
0: <laughs> the other ones were black. <laughs> the first game's logo no, was black. No, it's normally <laughs> black and white. It's a
1: bit dark. <laughs> <laughs> was I thought it was black. It's normally black you're and
0: sure? white. Okay. Anyway, I'm t- yeah. I hate to burst your bubble, but black is the absence of color, which makes it darker than red. <laughs> black and <laughs>
1: red. Come on, come on. <laughs> just you're just salty about your prediction. Okay, just stay over there on that side of the couch. I am. Mean, it's bullshit. Anyway, I yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting. They're gonna have to pull it out of the hat to make it different enough from from the other two. So I think it's, it's going to be darker. We hack That's my things prediction. in
0: cabs now. We now control little cabby systems and you can hack everyone's DVDs, <laughs> their, like their computers, and you can force them all to play to Monty Python or on repeat. Also, I hope there's a Doctor Who reference and a Torchwood reference or something. Surely. Yeah? You know what I'm saying, Ash? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what yep, I'm saying? I do. You know, the doctor appear in this? You gotta go, Doctor shop. Be like, "Hey, how you going? We hacked the TARDIS." <laughs> Ash, we hacked
2: oh the TARDIS. I, I
1: don't
0: know if that's possible.
1: <laughs> this guy, please stay on that <laughs> side of the couch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's my prediction: is that it's gonna be darker than the other two games. That's what I'm putting <gasps> out there. Oh well, what if we they have a drug trip me? scene gonna, and
2: there's a bunch of Daleks? I'm
1: gonna call it.
0: I'm down. There better be Doctor Who DLC. I um. I really like the first game. I had Platinum the first game. In fact, my funny little Platinum story for the first game is they had a drinking minigame in the first game that was really quite hard. And I got the Platinum and then about two weeks later, enough people complained about it being so hard, the minigame, that they patched it to make it easier. And I wanted them to award me an extra gold trophy for having got it before they patched it to make it easier to prove how my gamer is worth it. Um, I played the second one. I didn't really like the second one as much as the first one. I didn't find it as interesting. Um, everyone complains about the first game's protagonist being boring. I didn't find him super interesting, but I found a lot of the, the side characters and stuff intriguing, and I generally liked uh, the setting and uh, the story overall. The second one, I think it was just too corny. You know, like I'm, I'm dealing with Dead 5 over here and fucking whatever else I'm doing with these cyberpunk kit. It was too like cyberpunk cool and I wear a fucking helmet with words, you know. I don't know, it was a bit too weird. Yeah,
1: I, I was going to say that I actually think the side characters in the second one was, were good, but I think that, you know, the first one came out, it was a fresh thing. The second one came out, obviously, following that. It's not as fresh anymore because it's the second one. The third one, they're going to have to dr- like drastically change and make it exciting again. Otherwise, this is just going to start becoming an Assassin's Creed situation.
2: I feel like it's the other way around, where it's been getting better as it goes along. Obviously, the first one yeah, came no, out with such I mean. hype. Yeah. It was going to be next gen. It's the first next gen game, and it's
1: sort of yeah, under-delivered. Yeah, yeah. Then, I mean, like, as a, a comparison to people, like, this is the third one yeah. around. You know, it has to be different again to the other two. That's true. Let's go Dark. Well, it's going dark. It's blackness. It's going- Don't have lights. It looks bloodier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another, uh, another interesting
0: question with this one is, is it, as you just said, basically the first watch, the original Watch Dogs, which when we saw it announced, we didn't know it was a next-gen game. Do you think that this is releasing on current gen or do you think this is a next-gen game? Without having seen anything, just pulling, in a, pulling that shit out of your ass.
1: Next-gen, let's call it. Let's go dark.
2: No, it's going to be this gen because they've got these three unannounced games that they need to put out in the next financial year. So I think you're right on the money saying this is going to be like a
0: November something game. Yeah, I'm sticking to my prediction because um, I can at least get half a point for the release date, right, Jaden? Right, Jaden? Fucking hell. Oh, yeah, bring it <laughs> out Bring
1: yeah. it out when Death Stranding is coming out. That would be sweet.
0: I think they're completely two different audiences. <laughs> no, One wants exactly to run th- around in London and You're be not- like, boop, boop, cheerio. Hello, Doctor. Hey, How are you going?
2: If you can take over any NPC, I'm sure there's freaking babies
0: around there that you can take over. Think about it. You know what, you know what I'm going to take think over? Think about it. We're, we're going to ta- take over every Brexit voter and fucking make the character walk into the ocean.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, it's after Brexit, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you know how it's the original game difference. has that little bit of info above their head when you, like, scan them or whatever? It'll give you a little bit of info. It'll say, like, Did name, age. For? Did they vote for Brexit? <laughs> 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 you take control of that character. Walk them right off London Bridge. Cheerio. Off you pop. Um, and then I take over some other character and it says, hates that the doctor's now female. Fucking walk them off the edge too. See ya. Cheerio. <laughs> 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 fucking pop off, little fucking Muppets. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. yeah. Hates that Harry Potter is black in the Cursed Child. If I can walk them off the edge too, you know? See you later. Off you go. I mean, Hermione Granger, not Harry Potter. Still white, but I'll take a black one. (laughs) 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 Uh, Watchdogs Legion sounds great. It sounds like the perfect cure for my anger issues. If I could just (laughs) walk all these NPCs. Uh, They're actually, uh, what would we call them then? Uh, uh, PPCs. Yeah. Playable potential no. playing
1: playable pe- people characters.
0: <laughs> potential, potential, <laughs> potential player people. People the people people leaders. <laughs> Figured it out. Got them. Sold. Them. <laughs> I've been playing two games that were released on. The old Game Pass service. I hear you're a big fan, Ash. In fact, I hear you that you hate it. I mean, the it's good for
2: consumers. I don't think it's going to last forever.
0: <laughs> you're a madman. Uh, so i played Void Masters, which I've put a decent amount of time into. And I've also played the Outer Wilds. Which one should I talk about first? Flip a coin. Go for me. Which which. One? Someone.
1: the first one the first one you mentioned
0: okay the first one Vo- Vo- void-, void bastards right so void bastards is uh really cool it's I'm really enjoying it. well put a I'll put a asterisk on that and say I'm really enjoying it but I'm also like I hope it finishes soon because uh, I feel like if it dra- if it drags on for too many more hours I'm just gonna get kind of bored of it but at the moment I'm uh, I'm enjoying it but I feel like I'm at a hill but void bastards is a roguelike uh, first person shooter kind of it's not really a shooter it's like a first person well you are playing a first person shooter but like its mechanics aren't really about being good at first person shooters it's just that's how you kind of play the game but you're basically what happens is some fucking spacecraft the story's nonsense really but it doesn't really matter there's some sp- spaceship up in the sky that's been destroyed and now the computer AI system aboard this the ship that that ship has been wakening uh, patients who are stored on the ship as liquid goo or some nonsense. It brings them back to life, and then it sends sends you off to go get supplies to help save the ship. Basically, is what it is. So then, because it's a roguelike, how it works is you head out, you try and scavenge and find the parts that you need to fix the the ship which be is like a computer and whatever else and then obviously because it's row like when you die the AI ship computer thing just simply brings another prisoner out of its system brings it back to life and off you go to do whatever you need to do. Um, it's got a really cool art style so you got this comic book style thing like everything's Drawn like a comic book, uh, even like the on the UI stuff is all like shaped like little comic book panels, and it's got the humor uh, t- towards a, like a funny comic book thing. You walk down the the holes, and you'll you'll but so you you have a a map, and you pick you go along, you get one fuel, one f- one food every time you move from one ship to one ship. It uses one fuel, one food. Easy mass. It's not really hard on the stra- strategy element stuff, but it does mean that you need to. Look at what's there. It says, Hey, I've got two food, two fuel. You move two spaces, you land on a ship. You need to then go into that ship to get some food and fuel, or else you're fucked. So you go into that ship, and that's when you enter first person mode. But like I said, it isn't really a first person shooter because, you know, headshots will do a little bit more damage, but there's no like iron sights. You don't hold down. L2 or left bumper or whatever to look down iron sides. You just shoot people. You get a whole bunch of gadgets. You, f- you pick up scrap. You find whatever you can on the ship. You salvage what you can. You make it out alive. When you get back out, you got a workbench. You can upgrade your guns. Upgraded guns carry on to the next character. Upgraded ammo things carry on to the next character. Anything you build carries on. The only stuff you lose when you die is uh, unused random materials. And like extra ammo or anything like that. So... Uh, but it's quite fun. It's, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying my time with Void Bastards. It's on PC and via Steam, and then also yeah, Xbox Game Pass. So that's quite good. Or you could just um, buy it
2: on Xbox. You know, make you sure can, you've got uh, it forever.
0: You can for forty-five, fifty dollars or whatever it is. Do what you need to do, Ash. Okay. Yeah. Do what you need to help do. the Would developer. you play Void Bastards if you if you could? Would you? Does it sound like something that would intrigue you or? Not really. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. The of the game is one that a lot of people are talking about on Twitter at the moment. I don't know. Have you seen many people talking about this one on your? I saw timeline, you tweeting Ash?
2: with one Mr. Andy Cortez about it. So
0: yes, the the famous Andy Cortez. Well, because he he posted a tweet and was like, "Oh, this thing," and I thought it might have been a moment, but it wasn't. So, out wilds, uh, I had heard of it before, but I knew nothing of it. I see it come up on Xbox Game Pass, and I was like, yeah, sure. I'll give it a go. I download it, and I'm going to put this out there. This will not be on my top 10 games of the year list, because I have some problems with it. But this will be on a lot of people's and outlets' top 10 games of the year list. Let me put money on that right now. This is definitely one where I'm I'm going to say, as much as I... Don't love it as much as some other people. It is 100%. And I can see why people love it as much as they do. I can see all the, the great things about it. So the game is... It's hard to explain, really. It's really quite an odd and weird game. But you're a space... You're an astronaut. And you can leave your planet... Uh, it's all you know you, you can run around on the your, your planet where you start and it's in first person and you get a jetpack and you can interact with things and what have you and when you when you start the game you go through some sort of tutorial type thing and you get codes for liftoff and then you head off to your spacecraft and then when you get into your spacecraft you can head to anywhere you want so it's not like a, a map where you pick and you 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 just randomly teleport over there or whatever you literally fly through the stars and you can activate a Uh, like self-drive system or you can drive yourself there and do what you need to do. But you can open up a map and be like, I want to go to this planet over there, or this planet over here. It's not No Man's Sky where it's procedurally generated. It is like every planet's built its own way kind of thing. So it's not procedurally generated. But what you have to do is, (laughs) this is where the game becomes really weird. Your mission of the game is literally when you leave, you're told that you're just going out there to explore. So you head out, and if you this is going to be slight spoilers, but it's literally the concept of the game. But I didn't know this when I went in because I didn't know anything about the game. So it shocked me when it happened for the first time. I go out to some planet, and I'm exploring, and I'm like, oh yeah, I found this thing. I was like, I was scanning some objects, and it was telling me about the history of this planet and all this sort of stuff. There's no combat in the game. It's just it's scanning and learning and puzzles and um, you know all this sort of stuff. And then next second, the fucking world's exploding. And I die. Turns out this game is Groundhog Day. Because what's happening is every time you come back to life, there is 20 minutes in game time before the world blows up. So the goal of the game then becomes you have 20 minutes to go explore and learn what you can on these different planets and worlds and find out what those worlds and planets scientists have learned and then try and use that to your advantage to save the world basically um so yeah it's grand hell dog grand hog day as an astronaut we're coming back constantly my problem with it because as cool as all that is is that i hate the jetpack flying i find it really annoying and hard to control and i hate the flying mechanics of also the spaceship and considering uh, they're too heavy things that you do a lot that was making it a frustrating experience to play. And I also believe that, and if you're someone who needs a very like instructed goal, like you need to go here and press a button or do this sort of thing, this game will not be for you because the game is very much like, here's a bunch of planets, here are some sort of like checklist, like you should go to this planet because you can interact with characters and they'll tell you like, oh yeah, I heard a rumor on this planet that there, back in the day, there was this goddess and blah, blah, blah. And then that pops up onto your thing as a rumor. So then you can go to that planet to investigate the rumors. So It gives you hints at what you should be doing. But other than that, the game gives you no straight objective or goal of what to do. Uh, and then you die and you die and you die and you continue to die because for every every 20 minutes, the, the world blows up. Uh, you don't lose what you do within that 20 minutes, like every objective or everything that you learn carries on. You, it's, It is proper Groundhog Day where when your character wakes up, they remember everything it's done. It just means that you have to make sure that within your 20 minutes, you achieve something. So yeah, it's really unique game. It's a really interesting game. And I 100% believe that it'll be on a lot of people's best of 2019 list already. I don't know if June's too early to call that sort of thing. I feel like I can, you know, it's halfway through the year. We should be able yeah. to call at least one game. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's just, you have to be in a certain mindset or type of player, I guess, to fully appreciate it. And I most of the people I've seen tweeting about it have been like, I also feel like if you're streaming it, like we were saying before, like Andy Cortez, you know, he, he was like streaming and stuff. I feel like as a like stream game it would be quite good because then you get to interact with your audience and then being like oh you should go to this planet and do this you know there's someone there helping you along the way whereas if you're just playing it solely it's a very lonely experience i guess yeah. of you just constantly dying and be like what the fuck do i do now what the fuck do i do now go, go go and i looked up how long it is to beat the game and estimates were around like 25 to 30 hours so that's tw- 25 to 30 hours divided by 20 minutes Before you die. That's a lot of, like, coming back, coming back, doing something, coming back, doing something, coming back, doing something. something 60-something playthroughs. Yeah. It's really interesting, though. Really unique. So, yeah, that's on... uh, If you want to on PC, it's on the Epic Game Store. If you want to buy it. Not the Steam Store. The Epic Game Store. How dare they? And then also, yeah, Game Pass is where I played it. Which I'm sure you'll hear a lot more about at E3 as well. Any questions about Outer Wilds? Not the Outer Wilds, by the way. Outer Wilds. Completely different game. Yeah. The other
2: one's Outer Worlds. That's where it becomes confusing.
0: Outer Worlds, yeah. It's still confusing. (laughs) It's quite fun. (laughs) (laughs) So, Wednesday night, Pokemon threw up their second Pokemon Direct. We got 15 minutes of new information, new footage... New Pokemons, um, all sorts of exciting new things. So, uh, we can run through some of the details in a little bit, but just everyone's overall thoughts on what was shown. If uh, it was exciting, we'll go with Ash first because I think <laughs> when we talked about the original reveal stuff, he was like, Oh, it's you know, oh, wasn't that exciting? So, yeah, are you more excited after this most recent one? What you saw, or what, what do you
2: reckon? Yeah, it's a bit more exciting. They, they clearly grow them a bit bigger in the Galar region. Um yeah, obviously <laughs> Yeah, it looks pretty. I mean, just the obviously that <clears throat> wild section area, I think. They just the most basic name possible for it, but uh that looks cool.
0: Like our our really uniquely named wild,
1: wild area.
0: area. <laughs> uh
2: yeah, that looks cool if you're if it's what it looks like and there's a mixture of uh random encounters and actual Pokemon walking around uh for you to capture. And then, yeah, just it actually being feeling like kind of like what we wanted, like an open world area section of the game. You can move the camera around, all sorts of crazy stuff. It's crazy. It's not all top down. Bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, looks good. Bizarre.
0: Looks good. Sure. <laughs> <Sheree? laughs>
1: well, we're all waiting for it that mm. there were some cuties in there. Yeah, well, I was pretty excited to see all the new ones, some cuties and some badass ones. Um, badass, ones? <laughs> badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it it was a good follow on from what we originally saw. Obviously, being completely different, um, yeah, showing us those humongo <laughs> Pokemon battles and um, different, definitely like some strange names happening, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I, I was just as excited as from the previous trailer, you know. Previ- well, it's previous,
0: previous review. Probably, well. Uh- I was already excited and obviously I was going to get it no matter what. So it's hard to like define. I was already going to give you money for this thing compared to now I'm more keen to give you money. Like what difference is there really? But um, I I enjoyed this quite a lot, I suppose, to, to, to put the thing. I liked everything I saw. I Well, we'll, we'll go over the details. And the, the, the Dynamaxing thing, which we'll talk about in a second, is the only thing I'm like, I don't know. Like it, it doesn't worry me. It doesn't like ruin the, it's not ruining it for me, but it's just not something I'm completely on board with yet. But, you know, once you play it, once you get in there, maybe it changes. I see, I see more. I get more on board with the idea of these fucking comedically large <laughs> <laughs> poker balls and whatever else is going on. Uh, okay, so let's run through some of the stuff that was shown. So, talking about before, the, the wild area is one of the key things they talked about in uh, the Direct. So, the wild area is basically going to be just big open expansive areas between towns and cities and so on and so forth which you could be like yeah but we already had those in other games but the distinctive difference appears to be they're actually huge open areas where you're not led down direct paths with kind of slight d- different directions you could go in to find like a secret item or yeah. you know whatever it, it, it's a lot more open and you can run around and do what you want somewhat in it- a peers i can find different pokemon and you find different pokemon on different days and different weathers and all different sorts of stuff it's not quite the breath of the wild thing that people obviously want of somehow you know jumping on their pokemon's back and climbing any cliffside they so (laughs) choose or what have you or you know maybe that'll happen too i don't know but I, i definitely feel once we saw the wild area it it does give more of that feeling of a a, a big open-world Pokemon game that we've wanted more yeah. so than the it's first It's a step in that direction. Off, I think.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: Yes. Well, it, the first trailer didn't really hint at any of this at all. Uh, most of what we saw was the character walking through towns or areas that were like fenced off on the sides and stuff when we were like, oh yeah, so it was just a mm, normal I mean, Pokemon maybe we game. No,
1: if I remember correctly, I was like guys, I reckon this is going to be more open and your brother, no, no, it's not going to be that. It's not going to be that. And I said, no, I think it's going to be more open. And you're like, no, no, it doesn't no, look right. No, that doesn't sound like something That was the conversation. Yeah, <laughs> it was.
0: Well, one of the one of the things I found so funny about this trailer was because um, the, they opened with all this footage very similar to what we saw last time. And, you know, they're just, just showing areas and what have you. And then it was like a reveal. They're like, oh, but there's Pokemon in the wild area, which is, of course, the other big thing that this, revealed but they didn't really talk about and explain how it's going to work but we now have some sort of confirmation that this game will have Pokemon appearing in the open areas uh like they did somewhat in the Let's Go games um although it to me it looked like they're a lot less common which would make sense if the game's a lot more open um and expansive considering uh the Let's Go games had to fit all of those Pokemon into the these very small areas that were built in a game from, you know, 20 years ago, whatever it was. So um, how do we – Yeah, it just felt like a reveal, you know, because they're showing all the stuff at the start of the trailer and it's like, yeah, we've seen all this. And then they were like, blink, and there's Pokemon walking around and you can bump <laughs> into them. Here's a Steelix in the world. Here's all these other things flying around in the world. So on. Uh, do we think it's going to be like a mode that you can turn on and off or like what do we
1: mm, – did anyone get maybe, thoughts for it? Maybe it's going to be – like because they mentioned the weather stuff, maybe it's going to just be weather boosted type of Pokemon around at the time. Maybe that would be my thoughts.
2: Yeah, I think it'll be a mixture of that and random encounters probably. Like maybe things that you've caught mm. before, it let's see, let you see them,
0: but or run into before. yeah,
1: yeah that's a good point.
0: Oh. Definitely something you need more of an explanation on because they didn't talk about it. It was just shown, so you can. Be like, I think this is how it's gonna work, but we don't really know. Um, so the big thing and the big like key thing about the Gala region is gonna be this Dynamaxing stuff, which is uh gonna be a key battle component and then also a key thing to do with the game's multiplayer as well. So Dynamaxing, which as a name, I'm like <laughs> not sold on either. <laughs> yeah. <that's weird>. no. <laughs> <laughs> Got a your Pokemon. Uh, it's like a weird, it's sort of combination between the Z Move stuff and then the um mega mega evolutions from past games, which have had their own like, no oh, make these certain Pokemon into big different versions. And yeah, here you go, here's a giant different looking yeah. Charizard and what have but you. But this time They're they went Dynamaxing a Pokemon. Let's save money, just- not
2: redesigning characters. Let's just blow blow them up. Make yeah. them bigger.
0: <laughs> this time, it is literally just from that Pokemon episode in like the first season where they go to the island of all the blown-up Pokemon that they yep. think are real. Exactly. Is that, yes. they want, When Ash and all that are wandering around, they think they've discovered a Pokemon, Pokemon island full of giant Pokemon. But it turns out they're just blown-up balloons mm. or something from rides. Um, that's this. But they're real Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> is what it is. Uh, yeah, so Dynamaxing seems to be something that'll work on... Old Pokemon. Uh, you see in the trailer that the trainers use a special item on their wrists to activate it somehow. Don't really know what it's called or how it works or what have you. But they like f- attach their Pokeball like they I don't know. They make their Pokeball touch it. Then it Dynamax is the Pokemon and Dynamax is the Pokeball. Else. Turns turns things
2: a volleyball size. Pokeballs,
0: yeah. Go on and go. Well, there's another thing because you can there must be key factors into when you can Dynamax and when you can't Dynamax somewhat because they talk about in the gym battles, which are all going to be built around Dynamaxing being a big component for the game, that the gyms inside the this region are all built to enable Dynamaxing. So, oh yeah, gym opponents are going to Dynamax their Pokemon and you got to Dynamax your Pokemon to be able to do it back. So I'm like, what is it in the gym that makes it work so special? I don't know. Can you do it whenever you want out in the wild? I think so. But then why is the gym the thing? Because gyms. Uh, So how do we we feel about giant weird Pokemon uh, in general before I get onto the multiplayer component of this stuff?
2: Uh, It's an interesting choice. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I guess it makes sense because obviously what they're doing with the raids, it makes sense to have big Pokemon or like larger, more difficult to fight Pokemon. But- it, it it's a bit of a weird move. Obviously um, they've introduced Z-Moves and Mega Evolutions the last few games and they've dropped them each time to bring in something else. And yeah, it's a little weird, but I'm sure it'll be fine when we actually get around to playing it, I guess. It is adorable seeing a massive shoe and a massive Pokemon. <laughs> I, although I'm interested to see the scale of different things because it feels like everything looks the same size, even though.
1: Yeah, it probably will be.
0: I saw a Twitter thing today where it was like, don't don't dine a actual (laughs) whale (laughs) lord.
1: Yeah, you would be dead. You won't be battling anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I agree. It's so cute. I want to make everything big. All the cuties big. Let's make them (laughs) as big as they can. Let's make a world of huge cuties. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm interested to see um, a bit more. About it, uh, other than just having large Pokemon, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm for it. If we just can make cubes bigger, I'm I'm on board.
0: Okay. Uh, so how it'll work is that we know is just that you'll be able to Dynamax your Pokemon. It'll make them really big, and then I'll like superpower all their moves. You can only do it once per battle, and then you'll get three turns before they revert. So there's some level of strategy involved of when to. Dynamax your Pokemon, I suppose. Uh, Then you got the raid stuff element of it. Uh, I just remember, the other thing I was going to bring up was, I was just thinking of it just before. I never thought of it until just before either. Is that, I don't know if Dynamaxing now makes all the raid battles in Pokemon Go canonically Dynamax Pokemon. Yes. Because. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so.
1: Yeah, I already thought of that as well, because they all are always larger than what they're supposed to be and they're always the same size as each other, basically. Yeah.
0: The raid battles you do in, uh, in Go, there are always these huge type Pokemon, and when you beat them, they all deflate down to their actual proper size. So now I'm like, come on, uh, is, are we going to say these are different things, or are you going to just be like, yeah, look, that's Dynamax. that You're fighting Dynamax Pokemon in Pokemon Go, and it's a good crossover if they want to do marketing-wise, because then the raid battles in Pokemon Go and the raid battles that we're about to talk about in uh, Sword and Shield would be both fighting giant Dynamax Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So, if they want to start using different keywording, and it changes nothing about Go, it just changes the way they des- describe the, the stuff in marketing to help like crossover promotion, I guess. Uh, but yeah, the, the raid battles in, and I have to somewhat think that this was brought on by Go yes. as well. Yeah. Because I find it hard to believe without Go that Game Freak would have gone this direction with a Pokemon mm, game. Yeah. Is yeah. thing. Uh, So in Sword and Shield, you'll be able to do raid battles where you'll fight a giant Dynamax Pokemon uh, Four players. So you, yourself, and three others, uh, you team up to take down the giant Dynamax Pokemon, and then at the end, you'll have a chance to capture it. Exactly. Pretty much like Go, except for with less players, and you'll have to do proper battling, not just Pokemon Go, tappy-tappy, swipey-swipey. You'll be doing actually (laughs) battling this time, so that's, I suppose, the big difference. Um, Key factors... Uh, a, when you go to catch the thing, you blow up your Pokeball into a giant volleyball and chuck it, and that's hilarious, and that's the funniest part of the footage for me personally. <laughs> it's just that one shot of them chucking this fucking volleyball at this Pokeball. <laughs> Get in here! <laughs> um, and then the also, you will, you will be able to do the raid battles uh, locally uh, with a bunch of people together in your Switches, which they said first, and it was like... Ooh. Mm-hmm. And yeah,
1: I, I was like, I was already on. I was like, no, I was right to Dylan as soon as they said, like, no, and then they're like, and also online, and I was like, yeah, oh, it's okay, and okay, also thanks, online,
0: so we're good. So we are. <laughs> We are, in fact, good. You will be able to raid with friends over Nintendo Online as long as you have a Nintendo Online membership, which you can get for free at the moment anyway if you've got Amazon Prime because they give you free, basically a yeah, on Twitch Prime. one for free.
2: Which if you've got Twitch Prime, you can... Yeah, Twitch Prime. So. You've got a free Twitch subscription, which you give to us, Yeah, maybe.
0: Twitch.tv slash Exposure <laughs> Network. Come check out E3 coverage and use it then. Yeah, do all the things. Get Nintendo Online and subscribe to our channel. Um, but yeah, so how do we feel about... We don't really know more information than the fact you'll fight giant monsters and team up with friends, but I assume they'll go into more potentials. Uh, they oh, they did say that like some Pokemon will be exclusive to the raid battles as well, so I would presume they'll change those out like monthly or something like that potentially. Uh, how yeah. do we feel about raid battles in a in Pokemon?
1: Yeah, I I would. She's
0: like this have, is normal life.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is normal. Uh, I I agree that I reckon this has probably come from Go. And you would assume that it might work similar in the way of you're looking at uh, like legendaries and rarer Pokemon in raids only in game, uh, similar to what they do in Go. That's what I would think. if it's coming across that way, and I think it's it's a good way to like to make it more interactive between players. It's good that they did the online thing. If they kept it local, I think that's stupid. Absolutely stupid, screwing a lot of people. No different to a million other games that do like local only. Uh, (laughs) But I think it's it's a good introduction of something new, but then also something familiar for people that already are used to that game aspect. But I think it's really interesting to bring it into to these games, and I think it works well. You know, it's it's Switch console, so it's a bit more. It's, you know, meant to be interactive between people, even if you're local or online. So I think it's a good it's a good time to bring it in.
2: Yeah. Ash? I mean, it sounds cool. I'll just be interested to see how they actually implement it. Like, do you all have to go to the same point in the map Um, for a wave raid mm. thing? I think so. Is there going to be continuous raid things so you can do, like, multiple raids one after the other with each other, especially if you're, like, online? Otherwise... You just do one yeah. raid battle and then you have to go into, somewhere else and do another one.
0: They didn't go into details, but when, like, the footage you saw, you saw four different trainers run up to this, like, thing, this yeah. object in the wild and seemingly activate it to start the raid battle. But they never described how, what, or any of that means other than they're doing a raid battle. So yeah. I'm <laughs> sure we'll learn more eventually. But, then
2: I assume yeah. only one of you gets to catch a oh, Pokemon, so how does it
0: decide that? No, I think they can just get away with just being like, you, "You all get a chance." Yeah. Kinda like how, okay. yeah. Exactly like Go so Everybody it's gets. Like, a there's only one Pokemon, here, but then twenty people catch a chance, get a chance <laughs> of catching the legendary po- Pokemon. So, yeah. Um. All right. So let's talk about some characters that we got introduced. You got some friends and friendettes to to, to meet along the way here. So, uh, we got introduced to the the champion of the Galar region, named Leon. Where's a cape? Capes are cool. Has his sponsors on the back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's a thing going forward in like Pokemon. Just champ. What? Sponsors or capes? Both. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I swear at
2: the next Pokemon World Championships, if the winner doesn't get a sponsor cape, we're going to be disappointed.
0: Yeah. I'd be disappointed. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, we, did, we didn't learn too much. Although... He's got purple hair, he's got a, He's got a, I mean, he's got sweatband, wristband thing on, sh- <laughs> <laughs> shorts under, leggings or something, I don't know, it's a character. <laughs> it's an interesting character. Uh, we got introduced to his brother as well, which wasn't quite as interesting, called Hop, which just makes me think of that uh, bunny movie that came out a couple of years ago, that's all I can think about, so... He's got that going for him, I suppose. Uh his younger brother Hop will also be your one of your rivals in the game, they said, as you both head out on your adventures on the same day. Who do th- who thunk it? Um and then we also got <laughs> introduced to one of the weirder looking characters, which was the uh Milo, who's going to be one of the gym leaders in the game who specializes in grass type Pokemon who is really fucking buff and then has this really weird baby face. <laughs> Quite odd-looking. <laughs> um, doesn't... Stands out. It, it, I don't know if they're missing a nose or what. I don't know what's going it's on. It's the freckles. It's a weird-looking character. It's just old freckles. There's no nose there well, or anything. None of the others have really noses.
2: <laughs> they just have like a knot line or a dot that signifies a nose. So... Tired with this.
0: So one of the freckles is a nose, is what you're
2: doing. Could be, of. yeah. <laughs> or he has multiple noses. I just can't. Not
0: freckles. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, find out. Uh, not too much about any of those people either. And then we got introduced to the professor of the Galar region and their assistant, which is Professor Magnolia. And surprisingly enough, they specialize in Dynamax research, which makes sense. And then also her daughter, who's also her assistant, is named Sonia, who also happens to be Leon's best friend uh, from their childhood. So there's your big tie-in to the professor's assistant, and his best friends of the champion, and then the champion's brother's your rival. Yeah, we got we got some hardcore, like... Setting up of character stories here, people. Yeah. <laughs> Get pumped. Get pumped. Also, I found... um, Out of all these characters... They... Oh, they, they just... They're weird. I don't they are <laughs> weird, <else> yeah. <laughs> they're weird. <laughs> the Professor's probably the most normal-looking... Like, Pokemon character, I guess. Uh, out of all of them. The rest... Oh, hot Hop's Hop's pretty, pretty normal. normal looking, I guess. The rest, the rest of yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, right, let's get into the exciting stuff. So, we got the, the new Pokemon. So, we'll go one by one. We got a, we got four new Pokemon uh, here, and then we got two legend. The two legendaries were also revealed. Uh, so, first Pokemon. I think we'll go from least interesting to most interesting by my. Account. So the first Pokemon is Corviknight, Corviknight, which is a raven Pokemon, and is apparently going to be a a taxi Pokemon. Yeah, they said it will fly around places. I don't know if that means that in the game there's only going to be specific Pokemon that purposely can fly you, like Mm -hmm. quick travel you places, or they were just saying that to be funny. And still, every flying Pokemon can just take you. Places.
1: No, I, I just took it as like a fast travel option.
2: Yeah, like maybe early on before you can get the fly HM or something. It lets you get maybe. to city. To maybe city. they're getting
0: rid of HMs. Because they got rid of HMs in Let's Go. Maybe they're just going to s- stick with getting rid of. It's freaking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm fine with that. Get rid of HMs. I'm freaking huge, them.
2: though. Apparently, it's like seven feet tall. Apparently, the stats that come out. <laughs> yep. Really? Massive. It's like, Jesus. it's this generation's uh, Fury
0: big freaking bird yeah but fero shit this thing looks curious <laughs> uh we got dreadnought which was the bite pokemon yep. uh i've made i haven't posted on twitter yet but i quickly before we start recording made a comparison between dreadnought and um uh forgetting insane but the, the one the first boss from spyro 2 which i think looks exactly the same as this so i'm gonna post it up later for everyone's consideration which is where I think Pokemon's ripped off. Oh, well,
2: there's a bit of ripping off, apparently. Spyro too.
1: So. <laughs> I but saw um, a lot of, like, positive feedback about this one, actually. People loving yeah.
2: it. It looks good. It's a big old meh. Big body I mean. Pokemon.
0: Yeah. Anyone like this? Do you, do you yeah, like-
1: he's bitey. Yeah.
2: It'd be great to see him in the realistic <laughs> battles. Just ripping chunks out of yeah. scary <laughs> Pokemon.
0: <as fuck. laughs> I don't... I don't. You know, it's just it's a big turtle thing with, you know, it, it looks cool. Yeah. Sure, uh, I will. I will say one thing. And all of these designs, even though I prefer the just the the cute things, they <laughs> they're all. I think I feel like they're all good designs though. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember I never played um. I don't remember which one it was there because I, I, as previously said, I skipped out on a couple of generations there, and I remember when I first saw the picture go up of the Pokemon that was basically a fork and a spoon. I was like, "Yeah, thank God I'm out." <laughs> <laughs> so this is at least a little bit more ex- exciting to me. There's, I, there's designs I prefer. I, I, I like what mm-hmm. we're seeing. Um, then we got Gossifleur, which evolves into Elder Goss, as they showed. This is is this a cutie one, Sherry?
1: Yeah, they're all really like they're all cute in their own way, you know? <laughs> Even the big black freaking raven with armor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all cute in their own way. <laughs> That's the badass one. That's the oh. badass cutie.
0: Um, yeah, so Gossy Fleur is uh evolves into a giant fucking rice bowl, I think, or something it's like really that. It's like a dandelion. Is that-
1: it's a dandelion. Oh my goodness!
0: Now it. it's a oh, giant it's rice fuzzy
1: ball. head, it's got a fuzzy <laughs> head. It's a big dandy.
0: And then the best Pokemon shown off, uh, according to the internet, I think unanimously <laughs> was Wooloo. 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 Which is basically the Pokemon Company and Game Freak just being like, "We've designed this Pokemon. It's called the Sheep Pokemon." Uh, it's based on sheep, and we're all like none. It's just a fucking sheep, mate. Like, look, at it's just it's, <laughs> it's sheep. got braids. It is
1: literally. It's got like, yeah, and it's got like little plat things. Yeah, little yeah. plat things. Little plat things. It's, like, it's cute. Just as soon as that came out, I wrote to Dylan, and I just hit the E button. E. Eee, eee, I was just excited. They're all. They're just and cute. they're gonna be everywhere. That, I, I, like. <laughs> That one and Dandy, the Dandy yep. Fuzzy Head friend, those are my see, favorites.
0: What's good about Wooloo is, see, we've had Mareep in the past, right? Yeah, when Mareep security. was a sheep, it's all right. Mm. I think Wooloo looks and name has it above Mareep. Yeah. Now the bigger, the bigger testament when we're ra- rating our sheep-based Pokemon will be to see the evolutions of yes. Wooloo if Wooloo evolves. Because Mareep evolved into a sheared, standing on its hind legs, weird looking sheep thing, and then evolved into a giant fucking yellow yeah, but <laughs> creature. <is cute.
1: laughs> it's like one of my favourites, and then like it has the so cute head bobbing look. It's just they're cute, okay?
0: Yeah, I like to refer to it as the animorph Pokemon. Uh, so then uh, you know it's 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 fine, right? fine, it, it's fine when it evolves, but it loses its sheepness. Essence,
1: (laughs) like kind of like I guess the bits on its head could kind of be like the fuzzies, all that's fuzz that's left. But it's so cute. That's one of my favorites. They're so cute. But yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting for any of these to see how how they they go. Hopefully, gets hopefully it it evolves evolves into
2: Woolier.
0: I was gonna say, I really want its evolution just to be something corny, whatever it evolves into. Don't be a completely different name, just be something like you just said, or like Booloo or or Lulu. Wooloo, too. It's It's just
1: gonna
0: be woolly. Woolly, yeah, sure. (laughs) Wooloo evolves into woolly. Oh, Wooloo evolves into sheep. (laughs) 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 Evolves
1: into jacket. Uh,
2: no, <laughs> it evolves into lamb chops. Oh my uh-huh.
0: god! <laughs> I've never, I've never seen a Pokemon. A never seen a Pokemon release that fits so well for Drew over at the house of Mario. As yeah, well. you know, it's like what was one, what's one of the new Pokemon for new Pokemon games? It's uh, it's his day job.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're gonna nickname this when you you play it, Drew. Day job. <laughs> Day uh. job one. They catch an of one. Day job <laughs> two. <laughs> uh, go check out How Smart Are. They've uh, a hundred episodes. Uh, gotta catch them all. And then we got our two legendaries as well. So, which. <laughs> so they're called. Let me try and. I don't even know how you pronounce these fucking things. Zaz Zazian? Zacchaean? How do we say it? Zacchaean, Zazian? I think it was. Sure. Zacchaean and zam- Zamencia. Zamencia. zamazenta <laughs> You know what? Fucking sword and shield over here is what they got yeah. <laughs> to do uh, So there are two wolf Pokemon. One has a sword. It's, it's carrying, carrying a sword in its mouth, mouth, it appears. It's like a yeah, burning. It doesn't appear... It doesn't appear to be attached to it. It appears. It's got like really good jaw muscles. Yes. Whereas the the (laughs) uh, shield, whereas shield over here (laughs) appears to have the shield built into or part of its body somehow. Either way, or or someone's just shoved a giant fucking shield over its head and gone, here you go. Go on then. Uh, (laughs) What do we think? What What do we think about the two new legendary uh, Pokemon.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> I think that uh, the shield makes a bit more sense because how the design is, it's almost like furry on the outside sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, it, I don't know. We're going to have to see a bit more about the sword. Like, I get it, you could cross-reference it to the fact that it's like a bone in his mouth almost. But it just seems weird that one is literally... The thing and the other one's just carrying it. And I've seen like quite a bit of uproar about that. People being like, what the hell? What is this even doing? But yeah, like what do you think of the color schemes? Yeah,
0: it's cool. Of their bodies, like the blue and red.
1: Yeah. They Not match. Like- yeah. I think it I think that's what probably like I reckon it could have been a little bit better. Like the colours I feel could have been a bit better, but otherwise I think they're pretty cool.
2: I mean, it makes sense with the colour of the Boxes. More doggos. I think swords blue and shields red. I think the
0: boxes yeah. were picked after the. No, legendary. I think it was no. probably the. But, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, more doggos. Yeah, more I can't doggos argue with good doggo
2: legendary Pokemon. Uh, obviously the the sword one's weird. Like, how does he eat? Does he put the sword down and then he eats? His mouth. Or does he have another mouth? Uh, does he does he ever leave the sword? Can somebody else carry the sword?
1: They should have made. They should have made it his tongue. <laughs> I mean, no maybe it dude. is. Who knows? <laughs> or his tail.
2: Also, people have been pointing out that oh, uh, that design is a boss from Dark Souls, apparently.
0: Yeah, it so. is. And I'm pretty sure it's also like, well, several, it reminded me of several things. So the they they say, you know, like this is towards the end of the direct, they like, oh, one more thing. And they start this CGI video that says clearly, you know, not gameplay footage yeah. or whatever. And then we see uh sword over here first. And for a split second, my first thought was there's a Digimon crossover. Cause I was legit like, there's a fucking Digimon. I, for, for, I couldn't, like, I couldn't tell you which Digimon I thought it was, but they looked so much like a Digimon that I was like, what the fuck Digimon's crossing over with Pokemon for a hot second there. <laughs> and I was like, wait, no, that's not happening. <laughs> that's not a thing. Um, then it reminded me of, uh, the more the the, the video went on, it was reminding me of a, uh, fuck, I can't remember the name of it now, uh, that dog game that released on the Wii back in the day. And then it Nintendo's. was uh, ported over to, no. Uh, uh, <laughs>
1: and it was
0: ported over to the, the Switch and the PlayStation and all this sort of stuff. I can't remember the fucking name of it. Uh, it reminded me of that. And then also uh, there's the Dark Souls thing, which it, it's a giant dog with a sword out of its mouth. So, it's not yeah, super original. Yeah. <laughs> No, I I I don't mind them. I think they I think they're pretty cool. I like. I've seen a lot of people be like, "Oh, they're just dogs again," and uh, "What's wrong dogs. with dogs?" But exactly, there's nothing wrong with dogs. And my other thing is that I don't think these dogs look anything alike to the three dogs like anti No, these are more um, wolf. What the like. one's called? Yeah, these are yeah. wolves. They were like. Yeah. Completely different. I feel like they're they're in their own... These are wolfies. Wolfie doggos, you know? So, I don't know. That's good. Uh, And then the last detail we got was the the reveal of the cover art for the game, which I think they both look pretty cool on their uh, respective cover arts somewhat. Although, on the cover art, sword looks really cool, because I think, personally, it's got a sword hanging about its mouth. And shield in the, in the picture, because it looks like the shield part of its face is like a weird frilly neck thing. It makes me think of that dinosaur from Jurassic Park that fucking- Yeah, the spitting one. Kills, what's his face? as he trying to- escape? Yeah, the <laughs> spitty one. It reminds me of that, like the <laughs> thing.
1: Well, cause it, it was, it's funny because we were both like, yeah, team sword because, you know, blue, blue for life. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting now because it comes in the double pack as well.
0: Does I going to have time to play both these fucking games?
1: <laughs> Plus, I'm waiting to see the
0: prices on that because I'm like, if it's not cheaper, what's even the point of the double pack? It's not
1: because <laughs> you, I'm assuming, well, like, do you only get one legendary per um, like, is it going to be yes. almost like a yeah, so you want the other legendary,
0: yeah, or you just find someone to tra- trade you one or something? I don't know, um. I don't know. If, if this is not cheaper, no. then you're going to be paying $200 for a double no. pack. So, you know, like what, $160 so for a double pack? At
2: or EB Games, Sword and the Shield are $79.95. The Double Pack is
0: $159.95. So wow. it's
2: five cents more expensive to buy the, the Jewel Pack. You do get a Steelbook, though, to house both games.
0: Hmm. Guess I'm getting a double pack. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: you get the double pack and go halves with someone and then switch them. Literally.
0: <laughs> I'll email Nintendo. <laughs> Can you just send me the steelbook? <laughs> um, I'll do a really good unboxing video. Hashtag <laughs> content creator. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so the box out, uh, and then the release date was revealed to be worldwide, November 15th. 2019 which well, i don't really think is a big surprise because that's when pokemon games usually come out and also it was leaked like a week ago so
1: yeah it's good uh, it's good good timing right
2: before i think it's they said it's a week before the black friday sales
0: so. yes
1: yeah it is which is going to be like epic and then obviously just before like just being before christmas and everything it's just just a smart move smart move nintendo we spoke about a lot of their smart pre-Christmas moves especially, when we spoke about the new Switch. Yeah, especially if they're gonna do the so, cheap
2: switch that uh, Dylan predicted. So
1: Yep. Good move, Nintendo, ten out of ten. I, so, so that
0: was the Pokemon Soul and Seal Direct. Does anyone have any yeah, final thoughts so on anything? The, yeah.
1: The one thing that I was kind of uh like I'm the only thing I was a bit not confused about with it. Like I think the game looks great uh visually and art style wise, but I was a bit confused because obviously they're using a lot of like 3D like normal <laughs> graphic sort of art style that they use say in like Let's Go but then they're still using a lot of the 2D like 3 2D 3D like drawn type of art style and with especially with the Dynamax stuff I just don't know whether it really tied in as well as what I wanted but I'm just I think I'm just going to have to see the whole game in order to see how it all looks together, you know.
0: Yep. It'll, it'll probably be at Pax. Go play it. Oh, that's crazy.
1: We'll line up for Maybe. like two hours.
2: You're gonna have to play. It? What they're just gonna <laughs> Ash's in a raid face just
1: then forty oh, listeners PAX. were like, "Oh my god! Did, they, did Did you
0: just suddenly remember that Pax was a thing? <laughs> yeah, I you, you were like,
1: oh, yeah, Pax! Oh like- my
0: goodness, so <laughs> <what> Pokemon!
1: <laughs> Gotta catch them yeah, we'll all! Long. Pokey, poke, Pokemon!"
0: <laughs> thank you for joining us on the couch this week make sure you check out explosionnetwork.com for all our other shows reviews news articles and much more including for the whole next of the week there'll be a lot of stuff about next e3 week? there'll be a whole bunch of stuff about e3 <laughs> so if you head to Twitch.tv slash Explosion Network on Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday for when the Microsoft conference is on the. What one kicks off? uh, Ubisoft on Tuesday kicks off. So those two start at 6 a.m. Australian time. So we'll be streaming those through to 11, 12, or whatever it is by time, like Bethesda and um, Square Enix wrap up as well, the the two, two shows after those. And then we'll be live streaming our reacts to the Nintendo one at. 2am Wednesday morning, I think that was Too one early so in the morning,
2: yeah.
0: Too early in the morning, Wednesday time. Yeah, those ones. And then uh, we will have, of course, RK Catch next week. We'll be posting late. It'll be posting late Saturday. And this is so that we can make sure that E3 is done and dusted, not just the press conferences, which are wrapping up, you know, Wednesday, but the actual show itself, including the E3 Coliseum and all the trade show days. And then we will be able to do Arcade Couch late on Saturday and get all the news, not half the news. So that uh, next week's episode will go up late, just so you know. Um, And then for any, all your news pieces or any potential articles, any, who knows what could happen, make sure you head on over to explosionnetwork.com slash e3-2019 there's a hub there or you can just find it it's stuck to the homepage explosionnetwork.com the older e3 goodness all happening there or you know follow the socials when I read them out in a second you'll find all the stuff there as well I'm sure uh, rate RK Couch on Apple Podcasts to help out the show of course or you can simply share it on the social media platform of choice that you like to do uh, you can follow the Explosion Network on Twitter at explosionpod Discord, join it, explosionnetwork.com slash Discord. That'll let you know when we go live to do all the reacts and stuff too. There you go, fancy, fancy. And you can follow me on Twitter at VivaLadil, V I V A L A D I L. You can follow Ash on Twitter at AshleyHobby, I S H L E Y H A B L E Y. You can follow Sheree on Twitter at ShereeAcornay, C H E R I C R N O. And until next week, we will see here. Not the same time, but it'll be the same couch. It'll be very sweaty and heavy after a, a full, hefty week of. It'll we'll be like A3.
2: slept on. Maybe a little bit of drool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Who knows what else? Whatever bodily increments could come out of me while this event... Just works. sweat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Catch up on the latest TV, online media and movie news from the biggest comic book films and YouTube crazes to our local cinema scene. And then hear what we've been watching before asking the age old question, what do you wanna watch? Available on all podcast services every second Friday, just search your podcast app for what do you wanna watch and subscribe for free now. And keep watching stuff I guess.
0: What an archaic pouch pouch, is that? Yeah, jump in, you kangaroo motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Hop in, we're going for a ride. (laughs) Oh, God.